0: Welcome, this is Not Your Average Musician Podcast, episode 7, with me, Isaac Hernandez. Coming on today, I have my good friend, Paolo LaTanzi. He's a drummer from Italy, and up until a few years ago, he was living in New York City. I met Paolo through Craigslist many years ago. I was in search of drumming lessons, and his listing is the one that appealed to me. We quickly became really good friends, but he also became a mentor for me. Paolo had a huge impact in the way that I view music and learning in general. In this discussion, we talk about his college years at Berkeley, his move to New York City, and his approach to the music scene. He discusses his compositional process and the work and dedication it takes to become the best. Before we get started, I want to ask for your support. If you're getting something out of these conversations, consider hitting the subscribe button, leave a review, write a comment. You can find a video version of this podcast on youtube wherever you're consuming this podcast is these things that really make a difference so thank you now to today's episode how are you man i'm good man i'm good it's long time no see
1: wow i like your microphone right there thank you it's
0: uh it's it legitimizes the whole thing that's it's, yeah right yeah it looks
1: so professional man
0: that's the whole this yeah. is the most unprofessional thing but this this just ties
1: it. To the me. the guitar in the background, I like it. It's, yeah, uh, it's a good, a good scene.
0: Yeah, thank you. Very very purposely placed there.
1: So just like mine, you see, very musical.
0: <laughs> Dude, how? What's how have you been? I mean, it's been it's been like, forever, like, right? Like five years, maybe.
1: I've been I've been okay. Uh, the coronavirus thing has been uh, a little rough. Uh, here in Italy, but I see that you guys are going through it. How is it going in New York?
0: Well, they're starting the reopening. Like they have phases, and so they're they're entering a new phase, like every two weeks now, trying to open it, and then some other states too in the U.S. But here, because I'm in Long Island, so that's New York State, so it's a little yeah. bit different than New York City. So here we we could do like outdoor sitting on restaurants and more places are starting to open up and things like that. And then in the city they're starting to, they're just starting to get into that, you know, cause people, you know, they've been locked up for like three months and they're going crazy, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. Same here pretty much. Uh, I don't know. Let's cross fingers, man. It's, uh it's new.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you guys still like, in quarantine technically or
1: no uh, we are still following uh certain rules like you know uh social distancing and all those things but we're opening up uh movie theaters uh concert halls those are still closed mm-hmm. but they're planning on opening with uh you know smaller crowds something like that
0: yeah That's i nice. think that
1: they're going like they're you know going a step at the time trying to figure it out as it happens yeah makes people nervous but at the same time i feel like it's kind of necessary because there's no real precedent you know to it so that's it (laughs) goodbye man (laughs)
0: see you next time kids
1: see you next time (laughs) how is it going with the music
0: um It's going good, man. I mean, I'm almost done with college, which that took way longer than what I intended. Um,
1: City College, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that, um, you know, working and going to school that like, uh, that was, it turned out to be, I mean, I knew it was going to be tough, but there were some semesters I was like, Yo, I'm I'm so burned out. I'm going to take like two classes cuz I could, you know, it was that or like maybe flunking. So, and I didn't want to like skip, so you know, cuz yeah. that would take me out, but uh yeah, it was tough, but I'm I'm glad. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I'm almost done with it. Thank God, cuz I can't, you know, like and also like going back like you know, I was like older than like usually people go to college. So, I'm mm. like, you know, so that um I, you know, that's just, you know, like dealing with, not dealing, but like entering new phases, like I'm gonna, you know, I was gonna get married and things like that and adults. You were?
1: Are you still planning to get married? I'm planning
0: to get married. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Well, let me me clarify. I was gonna get married in May, but then Corona. I remember. Yeah,
1: and then, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah, but yeah. When do you think it's gonna happen? no idea <laughs> i need to send you a. I need to send you a present when you do
0: um i'll, I'll let you know okay <laughs> whenever whenever we know we will let everybody know yeah
1: man yeah it's a drag right how's jess
0: she's good she's she's good she finished her match you're gonna
1: you're gonna catch all these parts right like when where we catch up or are I mean, you not?
0: it depends if it's good it and I th- if, I th- if <laughs> we get any good parts it's uh well i told you
1: maybe maybe it's gonna just be high at the beginning that's it actually let's 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 record it hey isaac
0: i've been recording since you came on the call
1: i know i just assumed that you would cut everything that happened until now um maybe for instance this this awkward section should this is
0: this is definitely going to stay in now because it's wonderful (laughs) no any anything could be edited out if you feel really strongly about
1: it but, um, yeah, I let you do it.
0: Um, but yeah, no everything everything's good. Everything's good. Um, we can't complain.
1: How do you feel? How how was the crowd at City College? The students, you know, besides the age difference, how did you feel about the musical environment there?
0: It's it was it was good, but they. Um, how do I say this? Um, they like halfway through, or maybe three quarters of the way through my program, they started like revamping everything. So they they like started changing the curriculum to make it like more modern. And uh, in that sense, um, where there was a lot of like classical stuff in the program, and then they wanted, okay, let's make it more modern and more like pop and and things like that that was like the curriculum itself the the i i mean the the curriculum itself i felt was great even before and after like the it has great it's a it's a good program it's a it's really great teachers the community is good like you know you get to meet a lot of people especially in new York everybody's in new york and you know they're kind of not going anywhere a lot of producers a lot of like uh their their production program is bigger than I thought it was. So a lot of students come in and they want to go, they're going for that for production and music cool. engineering and things like that. Yeah.
1: So it's a lot of networking. That's, it, that's, yeah. that's important. I feel like that's one of the most important things in college, actually. I, I didn't, do.
0: I didn't realize yeah how, how much, how many people I was going to meet. And I was like, Oh, interesting. And now I know all these people that are like, just they're all over the city, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that New York is a little bit different different uh, than Boston from the point of view. Mm-hmm. Boston is more of a crossroads, you know, people come and go and usually they move to New York. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah if, you, if you can establish a nice network, you know, of musicians uh, at college It's going to be easier for you uh, professionally afterwards you're gonna have you know people to play with or to work for you Mm
0: -hmm. know yeah just even like getting suggested I think for gigs or any kind of work you know things like that. exactly yeah I even one of my one of my uh, classmates I had on the podcast like last week so that was you know that was cool all right let's let's officially get this thing started um so this is the podcast now. Why don't you start with like who you are, what you do, where you come from?
1: Usually, you should be introducing me.
0: I do a pre-introduction. Don't mess okay. with the pro- don't don't mess with the process.
1: That's it, man. Start, to- start telling <laughs> me kidding. what to do. <laughs> I'm a musician. I'm a drummer. Uh, I compose as well. Um, made a couple of recordings before play most uh, Western styles of music, uh, mainly jazz at this point, but I still play rock. I enjoy playing rock too. And uh, I've been, uh, I went to Boston. I stayed in Boston for nine years, I studied at Berkeley College of Music. Then I moved to New York in 2011. Uh, very different places. I enjoy both actually. Do you like Boston at all? Have you ever been there?
0: I've been to Boston a few times and I I don't I don't like
1: Boston. Well, but you're a New Yorker, so it's that's normal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe that's I was like I went to I got to Boston, I was like, this place is just kind of trying to be New York, but like not doing it successfully. <laughs> and I was like, it sucks. I don't
1: I don't know if it's trying to be in New York. I think a Boston is it's a completely different vibe uh if it wasn't
0: that it was a college it was like a college town right
1: yeah i think so actually i i'm pretty sure it is there are so (laughs) many colleges and universities it's like you know large student uh crossroads i think yeah yeah so i went to new york uh lived there for i don't know was it like seven years six years Came back, I was planning to go back to New York and then the coronavirus happened. So we'll see, we'll see what's next. But yeah, that's, uh, that's who I am. That's, uh, my name is Paolo Lattanzi.
0: There you go. You gotta say it with the Italian. Yeah, with
1: Italian, Italian accent, right? Yes. Should I also do this No.
0: I'll, I'll do that and then no, I'll leave, yeah, leave that part to me and then you just do the talking with the Italian accent nice yeah what are you you having like a jack daniels while we do this thing
1: uh no that's ginger oh (laughs) (laughs) that's ginger tea
0: i forget you're uh you're an old man now so uh
1: yeah that's it
0: ginger tea for you cool exactly (laughs) very cool so what what first got you into music and on the on the path to to drumming
1: it was I think it was um, a natural process for some reason. When I, when I listened to music, uh, it was the drum set that I would focus on, you know? And um, the reason why I started playing, I think it's, I wanted to be, I wanted to be, for me, it wasn't enough to just listen to the music. I wanted to be the media through which the music happens, you know. That that's an interesting perspective. Actually, um, I didn't I didn't think of that before. It's like you can you can think of it as making music, or you can think of it as being a medium for the music, and that's the part that interested me. You know, that moment where you're in the zone and things happen, and it's somehow you're wondering why they're happening that way. You know you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah so that, that's, what, that's what was important for me. Well, I was listening to music and I could like feel those moments. I used to be a huge Led Zeppelin fan. by yes. the way, I know you like that oh. And you know <laughs> I remember I was 14, 15 and I was listening to that stuff and I was like, man, it would be so good to be playing that, you know like make that happen. So that's, that's you know that's what Sparkle did.
0: It's like, uh, to me, it's kind of, I don't know if it's a corny term, but it was like magic to me, like hearing, especially those Zeppelin, like if you see them live, they would really go off, you know, like Bonham starts going somewhere, Page starts going somewhere and they're kind of playing off of each other and like nobody knows what's going to happen and that was so fun and then you get those moments where something incredible happens and you're like, it was only at that moment in time and you're like, whoa, and then, Yeah, that's that's a big part that drew me in. It gave me like the chills. It was like, yeah, it was like magic. You know, it it was uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why I was always reluctant. Do you say reluctant in English? Yep. To like play corporate gigs or, you know, Mm -hmm. just play as a musical employee, like that kind of mentality, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, playing for people. Just because you're a drummer, so they call you, you play. I mean, it depends. I'm not saying that I don't like being a freelance, but for me, there has to be uh, an artistic side to it. Like there has to be an involvement, a musical involvement. If I don't feel connected to the music, I'd rather not take part of it. Uh, I don't think it would be fair for, you know, for the leader of the group. There are so many. There are so many musicians that just need to work and do it because they need to work. And I understand that it's, you know, it's part of the it's part of the life really. But at the same time, I feel like some people get lost in that in that, you know, cycle and they end up truly being like musical employees, you know, and playing mm-hmm. stuff just because they they found that gig. So they play that and then somebody else calls them and they uh, eventually they get a little bit You know, into that uh, habit of showing up and play. You know what they feel like. It's appropriate for the moment, and they Mm -hmm. don't really get into it. You know, why play music? Like that's for myself. I'm not judging them. I'm just, you know. I didn't get into music because I wanted just to play music. I I just wanted to, you know, play an instrument. And I didn't get into the music because I was looking at the money. You know so if the if the enjoyment part if the artistic part is not there what's what's the point for me you know so i think it's mentality it's it's a broad subject uh professionally professionally is not the best approach if you're you know if you're willing to play everything and just try to climb the ladder that's easier but where are you going to land? You know, like there, there is always that duality, like how many opportunities you're going to grab, but where those, those opportunities are going to lead you, you know? So who knows? It's better to be true in the, you know, in the present and see where it goes. Yeah. And then find and then find the job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you see, I see, I've seen it all the time, especially here, you know, there are like a lot of guys coming out from school and like, you know, that we didn't, we didn't get into it to like, you know, be a gig guy, but so many guys, you know, cause they're, they're good and they can play the mute, they can play anything really. And then, you know, they get those calls, especially drummers and bass players, like, you know, like a great bass player. Those are, those guys are in the and and you see those guys, you know, probably coming from like a jazz background, and you know they love jazz, but they're like uh, the corporate gigs pay, the wedding gigs pay, the cruises, all those, all those gigs, and they're and that's what they're doing all the time. That's that's that becomes what they do all the time is those type yeah. of gigs.
1: And don't get me wrong, I mean there is a time and there is a value, a value in doing those things. You can learn a lot from the the that kind of situations, even just you know uh, training yourself to do to be in tune with whatever it is that you are playing. You know, uh, It's not always true that you have to put your own nature into the music. Sometimes you have to provide what the music asks for or what the leader asks for. And maybe it's not what you would like to put in there, but as a sideman, your role is to make the music work the way the leader wants it to work. You know? So there is a value in that. Uh, the question is how long you wanna be doing that? like for how long you would want to be that kind of guy uh i don't know everyone everyone has his own answer i think
0: it's com- it's complicated you know and you see it is. Like everybody approaches it in all kinds of ways you know it's it's really i don't think i've seen like a cookie cookie cutter like oh, i'll be musician so you follow this nice clean path usually that's everybody's trying to figure out I think a balance between, you know, making a living and being fulfilled, which is like the whole reason we got into music in the first place, you know, which because I think for the love of it, really.
1: Right. Yeah. And there is, a, and then there's a question. Uh, what is it more likely? Uh, what is it more likely to take you to a point where you can make a living from music? Is it, uh, do it all freelance path or the creative artists that tries to do something, you know, unique. Who knows? You know, it depends on the person, but when you think, when you think of successful people, I think 90% of them, they're doing something creative. I don't think that, I mean, except for the, you know, stellar musicians, like, for instance, in the world of drums, take Vinnie Colaiuta. I don't know if Vinnie, if uh, ever did like his own recordings, but he's famous because he's a, he's an amazing drummer, and he's on these you know incredible recordings. But he's not uh, the leader, you know. He's not. Right. If you get to that point, if you get to the point where you can play with you know best musicians, then it's great. You know, you can be you can be that kind of sideman. Yeah. But the question is. Again, what does it take to get to you know get to the point? It's not it's not just skills. You also right. need to have networking, you need to have actions. And I'm not saying that Kola Yuda just got there. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Kolehyyda is like you know the man, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. there is no there is no clean path. Uh, and the, the the way I see it, the way I see it is if you. If you have to go against your own nature, it doesn't make sense. For that reason, because there is no clear path, you know. So why, why try, why try and you know, do what other people think is right when they don't know either? So I don't know. I got into regarding my original music right, right out of Berkeley. Most people don't do that. Most people think that you need to make your own recording once you kind of made it as a sideman. You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I it totally. It's it's tricky and it's, it has many, many facets. It's definitely, uh, it can be a little bit complicated. Um, take take me back a little bit. What? How did you land in Berkeley? Because you're you're in Italy, and then when did that? How did that happen?
1: Berkeley is pretty famous overseas. Uh, When you talk to people in Italy, they might mention Juilliard, they might mention Berkeley. I don't know what else, you know, in terms of music colleges. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And Berkeley is that place where, you know, uh, some of my favorite musicians went to study, or at least some of my favorite musicians at the time, you know. So I started to think about it, but from the, I come from a relatively small town in Italy macerata it's in the center of italy and yeah there you go uh, <laughs> i'll kill you uh but <laughs> you, you can't
0: <laughs> i yeah, i know because you you're uh... that's
1: the magic of remote uh, yeah. conversations yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so i started to look into berkeley and uh, at the beginning it was just you know kind of a dream you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then I started to think you know what it might be actually something that I really want to do I was still in high school when I when I started to think about it it took some time because in Italy at the time you had to uh, take um, military service Mm. at that time it was um, compulsory do you say compulsory uh, mandatory mandatory thank you so that was a huge waste of time. I had to wait for them to call me, and then I had to do a year. And then I started the process of enrolling to Berkeley. It took some time. I had to add like three years after high school oh, to, go, wow. to go. Yeah. But uh, that's how it happens. It happened. I just wanted to keep improving musically. And I was interested, at the time, I was really interested in diffusion music. And I thought that Berkeley would be the place for some reason. It's not really true, but at the same time, it's kind of true. Like I kind of got it, but then I got to Berkeley, and I figured that in reality, I wasn't really that interested in fusion. I was more <laughs> interested in like being able to freely perform whatever it is that I feel like performing, you know. And I found that in jazz, in contemporary jazz, especially, like straight ahead is a different kind of, you know, approach. But in contemporary jazz, you can throw in uh, different things. And uh, that works for me. So the reason why I went to Berkeley was for the, you know, initially I thought, I'm going to go there, spend four years in uh, Boston, learn a lot of stuff, become great. And then, you know, come back home and do my stuff. And then things, you know, developed differently. I was in Boston. I was enjoying it. Uh, I had a network of people to play with. Uh, I wanted to make the first recording. I did it. It went well. I started to play gigs and uh, I pretty much stayed 10 more years after that, 12, uh, something like that. Yeah. And I think I might be back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but not in Boston, right. probably back in New York. Right, right. Um, I don't know if I answered you on why Berkeley. The, the one thing about Berkeley that, uh, if I can give a suggestion to people mm-hmm, who are yeah, thinking about going there, I think that there are two different approaches to Berkeley, but in general to all music schools, um, all major music schools anyway. And that's you can go there to learn, or you can go there to learn and network. And that depends on the level uh, of musicianship that you reached when you you get there. So for me, for instance, it was about learning. I was in Italy, I was studying here, I was an intermediate drummer, low low intermediate drummer, I would say. Went to Berkeley and uh, I had to learn a lot of stuff. You know, I didn't get to play with the big guys. But going back in time, I think I would approach it differently. I would uh, study privately with somebody before. I get really solid and then go to Berkeley mm. and learn the missing parts like compositions and all those things. And get to play with the with the cats, you know, with the with the cool guys. I got to play with some, you know, cool people, but it's not the same. Uh, when you when you get there and you, they notice you because you're very advanced, like you pretty much don't need to go to Berkeley. You can just, you know, have your own career ready. Then you have teachers that take you on tour with you. It's a, it's a different game. It's a different it's a different perspective. So, for those out there that you know have that kind of choice available to them, like take a couple more years and really practice hard with somebody who knows, you know what they need to study. That might be that might be a good choice. Otherwise, you go there and you learn, and it's great anyway. I I miss that I miss that experience. You know, when I was there, when I was there, I was so inside of it, you know, into all the things that were happening that I didn't enjoy it as much as I'm enjoying the memory of it now. I don't mm. know if, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. That was pretty nice, you know? I learned yeah. a lot. Yeah. Of course, you know, there are good and bad, good and bad things like everything everything right. else. But
0: no yeah definitely yeah i remember um when i was thinking about going to college and then like i was like so it was pretty nerve-wracking for me at the time (laughs) i don't know if you remember but it was uh you know like thinking about that because for me back then it felt like such a, a big choice you know like it was gonna be life defining and and uh i remember we had all these conversations back then but i remember one thing you said it was like dude like it's like the way you go into it, you know, college is not going to be the end all be all and it's going to be what you make of it, you know, and that kind of, that helped me so much. And that I I remember being like, when I went in, I was like ready to like absorb as much as I could. I like, I'm here to learn. I'm here to like, you know, hang out, meet as many people as I can, but really like try to suck up as much as I can and, and make use of it. Cause, uh, Especially people outside, they're like uh, always. Well, what are you gonna do with a music degree? You know, like kind of. I know, and and I've always kind of try to explain or not whatever. But I've always seen it. I was like, it's cool that I get the degree and whatever. But it's really like, it's really about like this class that I'm taking right now, and I'm I'm learning about like harmony or composition or whatever. And that yep. that skill, it's what's gonna make me a better musician. That that I went in, I went at it with that mindset and i think that was that one's a big one from you that i got like don't go in there with that so so thank you for that by the way
1: yeah nice yeah i think so and you know uh with time if that's the same as it happened for me you're gonna find out that there are so many things you can still you know get from that experience even like 10 years later mm. if i go back to my notes from the from berkeley i can probably continue studying so many things you know like sometimes you have to make choices like you have a limited amount of time uh in your life even if you have a lot of time it's still a limited amount of time and music is not easy sometimes you have to practice the same thing for a long time so you have to make choices and um and you take a path and then five years later you go like you know that other thing that i didn't do i might want to do that now you know so It's good to to keep that material around and take a look at it, you know.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I save most of it for that reason, because I realized early, like, I don't think a semester is enough to like master, you know, whatever we were going like second, like, I don't know, like secondary dominance and core substitutions are like, I don't think I can really like get the full hang of that in a few months you know and i was like i'll probably have to like i understand it. i get the idea i probably have to come back to it at some point but you know obviously they just it just keeps going you know so that was uh yeah yeah useful um very cool so why what did you end up playing in in berkeley the most was it like straight ahead jazz fusion contemporary what what kind of what, what stuff were you playing with uh what kind of jazz were you playing at the time.
1: It was the the three of them, pretty much like okay. in different, you know, uh, even evenly, uh, evenly distributed, like it was a little bit of straight ahead. It was a little bit of contemporary. There was a bunch of Latin as well. Um, there was some fusion out of Berkeley. I was playing with a couple of rock bands, uh, yeah, I always try to, you know, keep myself open to as many uh, musical styles as possible. Of course, I'm not gonna say that I can, play, I can play Brazilian music the same way that Brazilian people play it, because it would it would be an insult, you know, to them. Like there are kind of, there are kinds of music that you really need to get into, and part of that is also. Getting into the culture, it takes time. But you need to, you know, be there. You can learn. You can learn to play in samba. You can learn to play bossa. You can learn to play, you know, on the Afro-Cuban side, all those, you know, different rhythms and patterns and everything else. But at the, the end, the true flavor comes from understanding the culture. I think. So, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't truly make that part of my own repertoire you know i feel like that's something that i might do eventually but i want to be serious about it like i want to really learn it from, from the real people who play it
0: yeah definitely and w- what was it about wait before you just one step back a little bit before you or where, while you were in the process of going to berkeley were you like I'm gonna be a jazz drummer, or what? What was your mentality uh, as approaching to that music?
1: When I went to Berkeley, or while I was at Berkeley, while
0: you were at Berkeley, like, or is that was that your path? You think you know I'm gonna be play jazz. I'm gonna be a jazz drummer.
1: No, I never felt like I would be one kind of drummer. Okay, but when I went to Berkeley and I started to play, I started to study um, jazz drumming more seriously. I realized that. That was gonna take time because it it was a completely different approach from uh, from the music that I used to play before. Um, and I felt like for some reason, I had this intuition, and I think I true that if you really get into the openness of playing contemporary jazz, that's uh, that can be translated into a different kind of music, different kinds of music if you listen to the stuff that I compose, some people think it's contemporary jazz. Some people think it's mainstream jazz. Some people think it's traditional jazz. And the classical musician told me that it's new music. I don't know what that, you know, like sometimes, sometimes people make, uh, people label things because of their own experience, you know, and labels not necessarily uh, match what reality is. I don't know what I compose. I compose, I think that there is a little bit of uh, classical in what I write because it's part of my culture in a way. Like it's in your ears, even if you don't really, you know, listen to it. Yeah. So that kind of a pro- uh, melodic approach, especially when you have uh, multiple voices, it might be there a little bit, but at the same time, the way I compose, uh, I think, in terms of jazz, structurally, not not traditional jazz, but contemporary jazz. So I don't know; it's a mix. And from the drummer's perspective, sorry, it's the same approach. <laughs> yeah, I know, I <laughs> it's all it's all good. It, it, it's the same approach. You know, um, I think I think that the more you know, the better you are going to be able to express yourself. And when I was at Berkeley, I wanted to know as much as I could. So I took the Latin classes again. I took the jazz classes. I took the traditional uh, ones. I took the contemporary ones. I took the fusion uh, LEDs, I studied with Mike Mangini, who was not a jazz drummer. So, you know, I tried to grab as much as I could and then mix them up and do my thing, basically. Trying to be true true to each of those styles, first of all. Yeah, that's, I think. uh, I don't know if I answered your question.
0: No, you did. Yeah, that's, that's it. Because it's, it's not black and white, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, especially with genres and and categorizing, especially music, like a lot of, you know, there is this need to be able to like, okay, this is that thing, this is that thing, this is that thing. But like, you know, music is, it's. And, you know, it could get kind of boring, I think, if, you, if you're if you like, okay, I'm just going to do this one thing, especially if you have it, you, gr- you grew up with a certain kind of music and then you have other influences, but now you think this other thing is kind of cool. So maybe you're not going to play that, but you want to bring some of that into it. Or sometimes it just gets in there somehow just because, you know, it sounds cool, you know? It's I agree. So,
1: mm-hmm. And the kind of boxing uh, of music, I think it's a little damaging uh, to the development of music. Um, and I think it comes from in a way technology is helping making it worse like for instance (laughs) like for instance you go to any streaming service right you have to search by genre and then the system is designed to suggest you things that are in the same genre so you know you end up closing yourself and I don't think I don't think it's good in any way yeah i don't think it's good in any way
0: it's it's weird because uh i've had spotify for like maybe 10 15 years now like you know since early so these things <clears throat> they like pick up on your preferences right so sometimes if i throw like a random thing look, like, or like to give me a, a mix i'll get like bach and one and then i'll get like bootang. And then there'll be some Coltrane after, you know, like that's how random it's gonna, you know, cause it's like, how can you categorize, you know, like a lifetime's worth of, of, of listening and music? It's like, it's impossible almost,
1: you know? I agree. And why would it be? Like, why would you, you know, it's like food. Why would you be the person that only needs, you know, only eats pasta in my whole life? I like pasta, so that's all I'm gonna eat. Yeah, but do you wanna have like some fish? No, man. Pasta. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to have some cream on your pasta? Never. My <laughs> pasta only goes with tomato. <laughs> you know, like that kind of approach. It's 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 there. Like there are people that, for instance, in the in the world of jazz, there's a lot of that. Like if you play straight ahead, you're a straight ahead guy. If you play free, you're a free guy. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes people don't... And that's universal, by the way. It's not just uh, New York or Boston. In Italy, it's the same. People have this... We all have this uh, need to categorize, you know? And once you categorize, you put things in, uh, in drawers and you don't move things around. And it's... I don't know. I don't, I don't agree with that kind I like to play different things. And... Um, and I like to play with people that play different things.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yep. That that's why I like uh Bike's music so much because uh like the way he writes, he he puts all kinds of things when people are like what kind of music do you guys play? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> I name I name bands just to kind of give people like, oh well, if you like this, this and that, you know, but they're like and it keeps it interesting. It keeps it really cool. And, and, you know, like really awesome things happen within the music where like, it's, it's, it's all over the place. And that's kind of like, that's true. That's that's, true. You know, but it makes it hard to package it for people, you know, which is what they want. What kind of music you play? What kind of band are you, you know? And they're just really like, I have no idea, (laughs) you know, and the musicians that come together, you know, like the bass player, we got really lucky, man. You, you would have liked playing with him. Um, he he's uh he, he came from berkeley too but he he plays a lot of like he plays with uh mike like at church and a lot of r&b and a lot of soul that kind of stuff and then you have like um this drummer that he's played with like uh people from, but he's playing with like really big acts like Sean Paul and like Jennifer Lopez and things like that, but he's, re, he's oh, cool. real good. Yeah, and he comes from like that, like also I think that like church background and, and you have Mike and then you have me which, you know, whatever, whatever the hell that does, um, you know, but it, you, get a, you get a really cool mix.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's a great band. I like it. I, I, I enjoyed playing in it, you know. It was, it was cool. The, the one
0: or two shows we got to do. It was such a long time ago, man. Dude, I, I was, I don't know how I think I got like, you know, those Facebook reminders. And then uh, I looked like such a baby back then. I was like, oh. Well, you
1: still do. So, that's, <laughs> I'm <it's... laughs> joking. It.
0: No, it's all good. Well, it's, it's starting to be a positive now because I'm, I'm close to 30s. So, it's. Um... Then yeah. you.
1: <laughs> You're close to 30. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm turning 29 in a month oh happy
1: birthday in a month (laughs) thank you all right so i'm already past 40 man how old are you 43
0: wow i always think that you're younger than what you are because i'm
1: younger in my soul
0: that that must that must be it yeah i was gonna say the immature approach also (laughs) yeah that too but just by your text messages alone, you think I was texting another 29 year old.
1: Well, you know, music keeps you young. <laughs> yeah.
0: So when you, when you, got, done, you got done with Berkeley, you were doing that stuff. What, t- talk to me about when you first made it to the city. What was like the musician life back then for you?
1: Oh, well, that's an interesting question. When I was in Boston, my network of musicians were students. It was um, people that came out of Berkeley, that came out of a New England conservatory. Um, and the approach, the approach was different than New York. Like Everything in Boston was mainly for the experience, you know? So you got to play with people and experiment and you know I don't know how to put that. When I went to New York, when I went to New York, the the kind of mode uh, that is dominant in the scene, like in the sense that things have to uh, be financially uh, viable in order to happen, in Boston it wasn't as predominant. Like that aspect wasn't as um, felt. Let's put it that way. Like I'm not saying that people would want to, you know, play for free in Boston, but in Boston, maybe because there was this college mentality, people were more willing to, uh, you know, get together and play just for the sake of it, and maybe from that get to do gigs and stuff. When I went to New York, I didn't have uh, a large number of contacts, uh, so my move was to. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of funny. My move was to put an ad on Craigslist and just say that, you know, I was fresh out of Berkeley. It wasn't even true. I was fresh out of Berkeley and uh, I wanted just to play with people. I had a rehearsal space and I got some interesting, like some people were like the weirdest, but <laughs> one guy, I, I don't know, I had experiences through Craigslist, but I met some cool people and I got to play uh, fun enough into the free scene And that was really actually uh, good for me as a development phase because playing free, in a way, forced me to make sense of my playing. I mean, there are different ways of playing free jazz, right? For me, um, if if you just throw stuff out, it doesn't make sense. Like for me, for my own personal taste. There are a bunch of people that do that. I don't enjoy it. For me, there has to be some kind of you know, that thing that we were uh, talking about at the beginning, like make something happen. You know, that moment where things come together and I was looking for that. And to make that happen, that freedom needs to be controlled. You know what I mean? Uh, that, was, that, was, that was good. That was a good stretch of time. I played that kind of music for a couple of years, I think, along with other stuff. Played some gigs also in that uh, in that network in that you know uh, subcultural uh, level. How do you call it? How do you say it in English?
0: I don't know. What What are you trying to say? Oh, uh, nice.
1: What? I, don't know, I, don't know <laughs> I like it saying. that you were like, yes, man, what are you talking about?
0: No, I just don't know what word you're <laughs> looking for. <laughs> I would just be like, yo, for the last three minutes, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. That's
1: me, man. That's me. <laughs> that's
0: that's free jazz right there. That's uh...
1: that's so free. It <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> well, the point the point I'm trying to make is that. When I when I went to when I went to New York, let's take a step back. When I went to New York, I didn't know a lot of people, so mm-hmm. I needed to build my my network from scratch. And it was a coincidence that I got into the the free jazz thing. And I think it was uh, helpful from a, from a, even a technical perspective for me because of the way I approached it. Well, what was the question again about New York?
0: Just what what was the you you know going from Boston to New York like your the li- the musician life quote unquote as uh when you first got here.
1: The um, I mean the musical level in New York in general is really really high mm-hmm. it's it's amazing you know you go into the subway and uh, and you get like you hear. People that could be in a concert hall, you know, one of the major concert halls, anyway. And, but I feel like, I feel like that's where I was gonna get to. The, um, for me, at least, the creative process was a little bit uh, dampened in New York because New York is so expensive compared to where I was coming before. Where I was coming from before, that I got into that mode of, uh, you know, trying to get stuff done, trying to get stuff done, and you know, meet ends and all that kind of stuff, which has you know a value. It makes you it makes you operate in a way that is more functional as a professional musician. Instead of, you know, just hanging around with college students and playing, you know, ah, let's write it. So in New York, you have to make something happen and try to, you know, earn from it. But it's incredibly hard. You know that. It's incredibly So, you know, you it's a give and take. I like New York music. Uh, musically, I like New York better. Like for me. My personal growth uh, was big in both places. It was big in, in uh, Boston and it was big in New York. But in Boston, it was more from a student perspective. You know, in New York, I had to teach myself to, to make certain things work. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's important. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, the cost of living in New York, is so high that you can't, you can't just kind of like chill back and hope it's going to work out, you know, because it's like, you know, you're thinking about, you know, just ex- just expenses every every month, you know, and then, you know, musical career and, you know, all these things that go attached with that. Right. It's like you always got to be making moves right for, I guess, for better or for worse. I, I, I don't know because you're right. It and does. things are,
1: mm-hmm. things have to be like happening, you know? Yeah yeah so the speed of the
0: the pace of the life too right yeah
1: yeah <laughs> It's for crazy. instance i okay, so this is the actually yeah, this is the the first thing that happened my english is gone my uh i wanted i wanted to continue my band, I had my band in Boston, but it was in Boston, so I had uh, my second recording then I wanted to make a third recording, and I wanted to start from gigging uh with the old and new tunes and then get into the studio so I was new in town, though, so I started to get in touch with all these musicians, and the difference was there between Boston and New York, it was right in my face, right away. In Boston, I would get in touch with people and be like, you know, I'm putting this band together, I want to play some gigs, and then eventually uh, make a recording, and people would be like, oh yeah, that's cool, let's meet over coffee and talk about it, you know? I wrote to people in New York saying the same things, and I would get no answers, like, yeah, this guy doesn't have gigs already, whatever, you know, like, it's different. When you get in touch with, with musicians in New York, you have to have stuff ready, you know, somehow, at least in my experience. Then of course, maybe maybe for you it can be different because you're going to college in New York and you have your uh, personal, net, that's, that's the network I was talking about before. If you have your friends from college and, uh, and you wanna get together and experiment things, that that's, that's possible because you're already in that kind of relationship, you know? Uh, to be new in town and call people and just be like, you know, let's, let's rehearse 10 times and then try to find gigs. So would will be like, oh man, I have to, you know, I have to pay my phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> not, not all of them, but yeah. you know, most it's, of them.
0: Yeah. It's tough because I think, and like, like you said, it's, uh, if you don't know somebody, cause that, like, it's funny, I'm thinking through like the people that I know, and if I'm like, hey, you just do you want to just get together and just kind of like bullshit and see what happens or you know, I'm thinking about doing this or that. And it would be it has to be people that you're kind of like cool with, you know, that you or that you know on some level, you know. But yeah, if you if I like if there's I just met this guy like at a jam session or whatever, like, hey man, let's go in the studio and and you're like, for what? you know, unless you're willing to like start shelling out and then, you know, paying for your musicians and your band and that, then that's a exactly. job, right? That's something different, but just like that. Yeah. You kind of got to have like a, a relationship because like people, yeah, you know, like time is it, not that time is valuable just in general, but in New York, yeah. it's like, I don't know, like, you know, you don't time. It's, it's like this, this resource. that, it's, And
1: mm-hmm. things take time in New York. Like sometimes, you know, you have two hours rehearsal but then it takes 40 minutes to go and 40 minutes to 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 get back so it's like 4 hours at the yeah. end so yeah it's different but at the same time again it's good because it puts you into the perspective of being efficient with the, the way you use time and the way you uh, deal with people at the same time you know it's a good lesson yeah in a way. yeah
0: no, and and i I felt like personally like I've kind of been in the middle of it because I'm kind of like doing the college thing, the teaching thing, and, and not not gigging so much, but you know, gigging once in a while. And it's kind of like kind of like doing some of those things all at the same time, which is sometimes is weird because then I meet some people that are a hundred percent student life only, you know, just, just in that mode. And then some people from the other end, are gigging 24 seven, you know, and then like college was like, and the thing that they did already, you know, so it's, it's been pretty cool. Just going back and forth in that social circle and seeing what people are doing there and just, you know, I, at the end, I think it's just trying to learn and trying to figure out what the hell it is that I'm going to do, you know, when, <laughs> whenever I have the time, you know, um, which is, it's been pretty interesting. Um,
1: But a small difference, a small difference is in the, I think, I think maybe the reason why the free jazz thing happened for me at that time is because those musicians have a different approach to their time. Maybe because, uh, maybe because you get together once and if something clicks, you know that you can play, you can play gigs that way. Mm-hmm. you know in that kind of clubs where you where you can play free jazz there's a few so maybe maybe that's that's why that happened for me instead of you know continuing on the same path that i had in boston like playing heavily in composed music because in boston i was playing heavily composed and range music In New York, I did did that far less, and I think it's because of the dying thing, because nobody really has. In in fact, the people that work the most are those that have the ability to, you know, get a complex uh, piece of music in front of them and just play it, you know, those sight readers Those get to play that kind of stuff, but you need to to get to that point and know the people that are going to trust you for that, you know. Yeah. And it takes. I think it takes. Uh, it takes a lot. Of, a lot of time to get into certain circles of people, and get their trust. You know, get a chance to play with them. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not as open as you might think. You know what I mean? Yep.
0: Yeah, I do know there are there are those those bars and those jam sessions and you could go, you know, and people are there and you see the, and you see the big guys, you know, they show up, you know, once in a while, but they're, uh, it's a, it's a tight circle, you know, and, it is, and, and you can't just break in just cause you're hanging out, you know, um, exactly. Uh-huh. And it's, um, it's cool. But, you know, at the same time, just that that that's available, but it's also, you're like,
1: well, what the hell? Because it's there? a, it's uh mm-hmm. business that is driven by, uh, by human interaction. And, uh, sometimes, you know, human interaction is not linear. You need, uh, you need the occasion, something to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it happens. Sometimes it takes a long time before it happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen. So whatever you keep doing (laughs) your thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, did you, once you were in the city and you did this free jazz thing for a while, Did what was your primary concern there? Or like other than building the the network, were you like still working on your chops? Is that something that ever took a backseat in, in your career? No,
1: right. no. No, I keep practicing and studying all the time. You can't stop. That's one of the, okay, that's the thing that non-musicians never understand. <laughs> I, I had this conversation with like a thousand people. Why are you going to practice? Because musicians need to practice like every day, you know. You never, you never stop learning music. You know that, right? And that's funny because if you're an engineer, you go to university, you study, you do all, you know, ten years of intensive study, and then you're done pretty much, I maybe. Mean, probably you're going to have to specialize again every few years and, you know, stay um, up to, uh, you know, the standard.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Or however you say it. But in music, uh, there is no such thing. In, In music, you can never stop. If you stop, that's it. I mean, you know, there is so much, there is so much that can be achieved still, I feel. I mean, even at the top levels, there is so much that can still be achieved. Imagine being anywhere else below the top level, you know? And there are so many different approaches, so many variations, so many technical developments, so many ideas, so many creative ideas. It's endless. And if you stop practicing, it's like, I don't know, it's like giving up in a way. No, you can't. You can't.
0: Yeah. I, but it's I not know.
1: just about practicing, it's about pushing forward, I think. And I, that's, that's a good thing. In New York, it's much easier to never get into being satisfied with yourself. You know, like being satisfied with yourself is one of the worst things you can, you know, that can happen to you as a musician. In New York, that, you know, if you have a normal ego, that's never going to happen to you. Because <laughs> There are so many amazing musicians that you're gonna go practice, uh, you know, every day with the way they sound in mind and be like, damn, I need to practice more. (laughs) And that's great. Like that's, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's not really about your technical level, but trying to be better is the point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are amazing musicians whose technical level is not at the top of the scale, you know, but they have a sound, they have an approach and you like listening to them. And that's that's the point in music. You need to, to play stuff that communicates something to you as a player and to the listener. So I'm not saying that you have to be an amazing, uh, like a virtuoso uh, musician, you know, but the concept of trying every day to improve yourself, especially, especially being expressive with your instruments, that takes practice too. Like being able to reduce that buffer between what you would like to play and what comes out of your instrument. I feel like after, after some time when you practice all the, you know, core technical things and you have them together, that's what you really start working on. And that's what makes a difference between different musicians of a certain level. Like, how able you are to get what you have inside through your hands into the instrument and outside, outwards. That takes, that takes time and that takes a lot of research and that's, you know, that's, that's what I always focused on along with the technical stuff, but that's important. And that's part of the, 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 the stuff I was talking about before when I was mentioning, you know, free jazz and trying to make sense of it and trying to make stuff happen. There is an ex like the ability to express certain things that come from so many fine details, so many, you know, there is a nuance in the way you approach certain things. And, and to make that happen, you have to have control, but, but enough control to not worry about control. It's like talking. Like for me, for instance, when I speak in English, especially now that I've been in Italy for a few years, I don't know if you can perceive it, but I'm struggling a little bit. It's not like the conversation we used to have. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I need to practice more. But, you know. When you, when you can express yourself freely, like you're speaking English freely, you can choose the words, you can choose the, the, the way you put your sentences together, length of your sentences, the cadence. You can choose uh, an objective over another. adjective not objective, sorry. It's all good. And really, you know, aim at that specific meaning that you want to convey. Okay, so. In music, it's the same, but you it takes a special kind of practice, like really focused practice um, you know, try to make that happen. So, yeah, long answer to a short question. But that's, that's no, I never stopped. No, actually, you go through different phases. Yeah. Sometimes you study more, sometimes you study a little less. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stop practicing is like, I don't know. For me, if I don't play... For a couple of days, I can really feel the difference. It's kind of, actually, you know, it's kind of annoying in a way. Like the way you have to be on the instrument all the time, because otherwise you start to feel the detachment from it. Maybe it's just a feeling and it doesn't show outside, but after, after some time, you know, it starts showing outside as well.
0: I feel like even if you feel it, it just that alone impacts. Maybe maybe if you make a recording and it sounds the same, but your mental process of it is not the same. So your expression is not gonna be whatever whatever's coming out, you know, there's kind of like a block there. Even if people perceive it as like it's the same thing, you sound the same, but the pro, the inside process is not the same.
1: You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Um, um, that could be that could be an upside like the excitement of getting better on the instrument sometimes like so you play with more excitement because you haven't played for for a few days but yeah no it's not worth it I think. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you're just more eager eager to do it i don't know if, if if better um but i and i i remember that that made a a huge huge impact i remember those uh <laughs> i took drum lessons from you which did did not take at all um but
1: <laughs> that's that's a good advertisement for my uh <laughs> take lessons from Paul. doesn't take
0: <laughs> it. Mean, what i meant to say my drumming didn't take at all um but what i what i <laughs> what i learned from you was what your approach to learning music made a big impact on me your approach to practice and th- oh, those awesome it, it, they did that really stuck with me because i thought before that i used to think that music was going to be more linear and my progression was going to be linear and then i was going to reach a level and then i could just cruise i thought that's what was going to happen and then i saw you which i i perceive you to be here at this level right of proficiency and and you're like but you were still like working you know and and i was like why is he still working so damn hard if he's already good? You know what I mean? And that that made an impact on me. And I remember exercises you had me do that were like it redefined what focus meant. You know? Yeah. Like exercises on on the snare drum where you like had me hit just one note and try to make it the best I can. I mean, it sucked, but you know, like, but it, it, <laughs> <laughs> but just just the fo- just the 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 process of having. Focus. You know, I will. I will redefine what I thought practice was, and I had been playing guitar for a bit. But you w- can
1: apply to all, in, to, you know, all musical instruments. You know, that's so beautiful that you said that. <laughs> you know, that's probably the the biggest compliment that a student can ever you know uh, say to me. I think that changing the way somebody approaches the instrument is better than teaching. You know whatever technique you can find technique everywhere but God, thank you man
0: yeah yeah and it yeah cuz i mean just to clarify i still i can't play drums
1: so that's <laughs> so much, I don't know. You, know, you don't need to keep repeating yeah. that <laughs> that's going <good>. i'm <laughs> joking
0: that's going to be that's going to be the the clip for the, promoting this episode it's like i'm
1: available for drum lessons
0: <laughs> i still can't
1: sorry but no that's okay but (laughs) but you know that's the that's the that's the concept of ownership of your playing probably that's what we were talking about ownership ownership is pretty much what we we have discussed today you know it was it was there everything I've been saying for this past hour I think it's ownership when you play if you play routines, you're not really in the music. And if you're not really in the music, why are you doing it, you know? And that's something that I learned. Uh, I went to take classes with Ian Froman. Uh, drum classes is a uh, Berkeley teacher, private lessons. I did that for like seven years. And he's really big about that, like being focused on what you're doing. And I have reasons why. You are playing whatever it is that you're playing. It doesn't matter what your personal taste is, you know? Every single musician can play different things, but mean it. Like, do it because you want to do it, and not just because your hands are moving. Your hands, you know, are just like, bah, and you play whatever it is. Ownership. Ownership, Isaac. (laughs) Play that single drum stroke. Ben, with ownership. That's why you quit from lessons, man. This guy is crazy. He makes me play just one stroke. <laughs> and he asks for money. I'm going to take lessons and I left today. And this guy goes like ben, that's it. It wasn't like that man.
0: No, there was, there was some grooves. The the two grooves that I can play but on dude, the drums, I, I learned from you. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you do not know how much mileage I have gotten because I do. I should I should really do more. But it was um, I've I've taught like uh, teenage rock bands and stuff like that at my job. And sometimes they don't have a drummer for a little while. So it's just. Nice. Yeah. And that's uh, a lot of mileage I've gotten out of. Uh, those two, those two you can
1: play with you can play with kids now that's great <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad my teaching was so helpful for you
0: it's paying my bills man
1: oh that's great actually <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, let's give you the positive spin
0: yeah i mean it's uh maybe I <laughs> it's the, wor- the worst the worst promo for education ever um no but it was It it definitely got that, that like it it did, it it shifted something in me that I, I started looking at practice and, and ever since I've really become at times obsessed with like learning and how I can do that better and kind of like being present when I'm, when I'm playing and thinks about like, not necessarily the material that I'm playing, because I, I like what I like, and I'm a, I'm a rock guy, and I like playing that music, but like really doing that in the best way that I can and be, making that, like you said before, that pro, I want to be like pushed technically, so I can be free when I'm trying to express myself. And it's that kind of like balance always between the craft and the artist, right? Because when you're practicing, you're working on the craft, and then when you're performing or maybe writing music or, or doing that kind of thing. It's really like you said, about it's about the art, you know, and yeah. Kind of trying to fi- find balance or, or kind of know- knowing which one is which at the right time, I guess. If totally. That, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean there is always there is always that, you know, craft part in what you're playing. There is always when I in reality, if you want to be realistic, there is always some routine what you play like playing something that is absolutely completely hundred percent new to you it's close to impossible <sighs> unless it's a mistake and that you know that's why sometimes mistakes are the thing if you if you have uh technical control of what's happening mistakes sometimes are uh, like blessing you know
0: yeah
1: but in general in general yeah um it's it's a mix of craft and breaking down whatever it is that you know to such small units that they become like small legal pieces you know and you can build different things instead of being stuck with huge bricks and play the same things all the time
0: most definitely yeah practice it's it's a beautiful thing
1: (laughs) this is an awkward moment
0: it's, it I was well. It is now that you said it. I was gonna try and bring up the next question to segue, but then you gotta put no, in no, your magnifying yeah. glass on it.
1: Yeah, and, let's uh, keep it awkward for a moment. I think it's good. Some good <laughs> cringe. Maybe we can end up in a cringe. Uh, <laughs> in a cringe video.
0: Well, it's cr- it's cringy now for sure. <laughs> i am i'm new to podcasting. damn it now. i really
1: made it awkward for you a moment, did. Huh? Did, yeah. wow <laughs> see that's control on the situation i can make <laughs> it awkward if i want it's a good power to have
0: you're taking advantage that i'm new to podcasting and i'm and it's uh it's a new uh, medium for me so it's you know the beginning is always going to be a little rough
1: it's getting even more <laughs> awkward now <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let's make this the video. Just you know, cut everything else, and let's let's keep this 30 Just the cr-
0: just the cringe. Just the yeah, cringe.
1: man. Damn it.
0: Next question. All Go right. Ahead. So now that fast forward a few a few years in New York, and you kind of you know get to know some people. You're you know you're you're in the scene. What was your what were your goals like professionally? What, what, were, what were the moves that you were trying to make happen when you were still here in New York?
1: Next recording. I've been composing for this uh, new recording for years. I, until, until I get to schedule the recording, I'm probably gonna keep changing the tunes, you know? Mm. I have like 10 11 tunes ready. It's probably more than a recording needs. And I wanted to get the right people together, and uh, but I wanted to take a different route than I did uh, with the previous two recordings. I wanted to try and go, oh, I shouldn't probably be saying this, but like try to approach a more, a less indie label and more like something closer to, to a major, you know? Or somebody has a stronger advertisement, uh, you know, structure because the thing is that this is a huge subject but advertisement is pretty much everything at this point in time like there are so many things coming out every day that if you don't have a like, powerful machine behind you proposing whatever it is that you know you are performing or playing or recording it's going to get lost in the noise and uh, you know, especially my second recording did pretty well uh, with critics, with reviews, but it didn't it didn't uh, give me the professional return that I was looking for because I think I didn't have that push behind from from a you know a advertisement point of view. and that's normal, like you know, but at the same time. I felt like, you know, third recording. I want to do something a little different, if I can. And something was in the air, still is. Uh, so let us see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, the, the next development development would be, would be another recording.
0: Right. Cool. And what do you? I guess from a more an artistic uh, point of view what is it that you think, or what is it that you're trying to accomplish or say with your music? So you've been composing for a very long time and it's like, what is it that you're after when you're laying down music?
1: Next question. No, i <laughs> uh, That's, that's tough. I think, I think when I compose, I don't think about the listener. I don't, I don't, I don't think about the listener. Um, I, I'm trying to write something that excites me in a way or the other. And it doesn't have to be like excitement, like, woo, you know, but (laughs) do you like that move?
0: I love it. That that's the, that's the trailer.
1: That's the trailer. Oh, we have a bunch of trailers. (laughs) It should be, it it needs to be something that, this is going to sound weird to you, something that sounds like somebody else wrote it.
0: Hmm.
1: But not somebody that I know. Somebody like listening to it, there is this thing uh, that happens to me at least. I don't know if it happens to everybody. You're composing, you're composing, you're writing stuff, blah, 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 blah. blah. And it sounds like you're trying, Right. And it might sound nice, might have value, but it's not there yet. And then at some point, you've reached that combination, like something happens into the melody for instance, and it sounds like a composition. Like you're listening to it for the first time, like you're listening to something that comes from the radio for instance, or it comes from TV, from recording. And that's the moment where, okay, now it's a real piece of music. Up to now, it was like, I don't know, this assembly of things, you know. That's the moment I'm looking for. When that happens, I can start shaping it and take it to the, to the direction I want it to take. And it can be, you know, it can be a mellow moment. It can be an exciting moment. It can be... A, cool thing it can be whatever it doesn't matter what the spirit of the moment is but there is that quality that i can't really you know define in uh, in words not in english but neither in italian
0: i think uh what i would what what i would call it and i don't want to like impose the word on it but like can like before but like trying to it's that zone thing like the magic happens it's, you know when you're like no
1: <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> no man wrong bro Boo, no man <laughs> you're wrong oh man. No, yeah i agree no yeah it's it's a different version of the magic thing that happens yeah. when you're yeah, that's just what i call people. that's just
0: what i call it yeah when when something like you said you're you're trugging along and it kind of is like you know whatever and then something happens you know kind of like sometimes when you play with people you just yeah you're doing the thing it sounds fine it's you're doing everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and then something happens you know where it's like oh that was cool you
1: know? and when it happens it leads you to the to the next sections you know i'm usually following the i don't know for me the process is like i'm behind the composition i'm not i'm not ahead of the composition I don't know if, this, if that's the same for everybody. I know there are people that are capable of saying, you know, now I'm going to play, especially people that compose for movies, they, they know that they have to create a certain vibe and they have their techniques to make that happen. I don't, I don't, I never try to get that way. I actually always try not to get into any kind of habit with my composition. Uh, with drums, for instance, it's harder because it's an instrument that I play uh, with people, so I have to fight against habits on drums. But with composition, I was, I was, because I was never, you know, in a business of having to compose for others and like meet certain criteria. I never had to build, uh, you know, cliches of minds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm always a little bit behind the composition. The composition is happening and I'm trying to chase it, basically, when I write. So I listen to it and I'm wondering what's going to happen next, you know? And sometimes I start... Starting is always the difficult part, but I start from... It can be anything. It can be a a combination, uh, like a rhythmical combination, and then I start toying around the things until something clicks with me. It can be... Harmonic progression. I like to to, to you know to experiment with uh, mathematical things sometimes just to get myself started, and then I put it aside and go the musical route. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, composing composing is a really really strange process in my opinion. Like everything creative is a strange process. You never truly know where it's at, like where it's coming from. I think. I, know, I think I think that's the truth. I mean, if you listen to famous composers, that most of them say the same kind of things. Like they 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 don't know how it happens. It's weird. It
0: it is it is it is really weird. Like I I I think I know what you're talking about, but then like maybe if you try to explain it to somebody that doesn't write, or maybe somebody that's not a musician, and they're like, "Well, no, you're writing the thing," you know, but you're like. I don't it's a weird feeling, you know, and I think it's hard to like really quantify, you know, cuz it's yeah, cuz it's like, yeah, you put the thing together, but sometimes it's like I'm not entirely sure where that came from, you know? And that that's a really cool part. It just kind of happened and you just happened to be there to like put it down. You you know what I mean? And yeah. It's, it's uh it's weird. Can you talk to me about this uh like not approach to not why don't you have the listener in mind i know i know like you know obviously more like traditional songwriters and then maybe more composers and things like that but it has been my general experience that people are usually kind of like even myself is like are, are people gonna like this is are people gonna think this sucks or
1: well that's uh, because i'm a sociopath but outside <laughs> of that outside of that because I feel like if I start thinking of people, like what they would think inhibits me, it, it, it stops my creative flow for some reason. I can't put myself uh, in other people's um, angle when it comes to listening to the stuff that I compose. Like I, in other words, if I start worrying that, you know, gay, uh, guy number one I'm going to say, sorry about that, Guy number one, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It could be. It could be. (laughs) (laughs) This should be the spot for the... the.
0: If you have guy number one.
1: If I have guy number one saying that, almost kidding, saying that, uh, you know, this is not mainstream enough. And guy number two saying, you know, this is really progressive. And the guy number three saying, oh, this section is a little too mellow for me. It should go a different direction. I start uh, questioning myself to a degree where I'm not thinking uh, musically anymore. I'm, I, I, get to the, I go to a place where I worry about what people would think. And it's not a good place to be creative when you worry about what people will think. And also, I'm of the philosophy that people will like things. People may like things that they didn't expect they would like, you know. So, you know, I compose because I want to compose. I compose because I want to write stuff that I like. So that's what I do.
0: That's it. Do you ever do you ever show like when you're in the middle of a composition? Do you ever like show that to anybody or ask like what do you think about this or is it just
1: you? I tried. No, I never done that for some reason. Mm-hmm. I I tried at some point a few years back to compose some stuff with uh with other musicians. It didn't work out for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically why it didn't work out, but, you know, composing is like I'm trying to talk to you and I have to talk to you. Like, I can't compose phrase. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to say something. Maybe it's not even true. Like, for, for other people, it might be easy to compose as a team, you know? Mm-hmm. For me, maybe because I didn't get to experiment with it enough. But So composing as a team or, like, with other musicians I have never done it mm-hmm. as far as checking what other people would think of my compositions uh, not during the uh, not before the song was completed anyway mm-hmm. I did it sometime uh, before making the recording like playing the music uh, I compose on finale mostly okay 99% basically so I would play back the, uh, the song and be like what do you think of it you know I'm trying to get their perspective. And maybe uh, modify something if I felt like it was needed, but didn't happen much. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty much a long process. Yeah. A lonely process. It was like a meditative.
0: Yeah, it's uh Do you do you ever consider like the reception afterwards or is that not part of the process for you?
1: Well, you always worry about that mm-hmm. at some point, you know, like the music needs to be played to people. Like, I don't want to send the message that you shouldn't care, you right. know, about people. That, that's not the point. But at the same time, you know, name a musician, anyone, Jimmy Page let's say Jimmy Page. Go on YouTube on a Jimmy Page video and uh, look at the comments. There are gonna be a number of people saying that he sucks, right? And he's great. Like in my opinion, he's like one of the very, very best musicians we ever had. You know, my opinion. If you start worrying about what people think, you'll go down a spiral that doesn't take you uh, to good places you have to find your uh, niche niche
0: yes correct niche
1: very cool awesome man
0: well uh, that's that's it it? that's it really that's all all I had
1: damn it man I was hoping for you to ask me philosophical questions and stuff like that
0: um people they don't care they just
1: that's 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 a possibility <laughs> especially if i have to say something philosophical i don't think they would care yeah
0: <laughs> no i mean that's what i had uh like plan as my quote that's what i wanted to talk about i always well i've been leaving it open like is if there is anything that that came up that you want to talk about or anything like that i it's totally open whatever you whatever you want to say
1: mm, i'm cool cool i just wanted to have another awkward moment in reality
0: oh it's here it's we're in it right now that's it
1: cringe cringe compilation number two
0: cringe the cringiest podcast
1: so what's next for you musically
0: um i i think uh really it's gonna go down the path of of teaching i think that's gonna be my my primary focus i uh (laughs) ironic i didn't expect it but i i quite fell in love
1: with it uh same happened to me. I didn't want to teach for a long time. I hated <laughs> teaching. And then at some point, something changed. And uh, I think it was my own personal perspective on music. Like when I felt that I had a concept, then I enjoyed teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to that point for me, it was like, why would I want to you know, like teach exercises to people without having anything to communicate, you know? Mm-hmm. Because for me, especially, you know, in 2020, you go on YouTube and you learn whatever you want about technique. So I think that an instructor needs to have a musical concept and needs to be able to give you feedback that is valuable, you know, about your playing. That's the one thing that you can never get from YouTube.
0: Teaching is a whole art on its own, I think. And and it's nuance and it's really... Me being able to communicate with that person to communicate that what that person needs at that moment in time, you know what i mean and it, and it's yeah. uh when you see it click for them, I think it's really cool but you know and it's uh but also like i don't know i I learn all kinds of things by by teaching people um you know oh most
1: them. definitely sometimes you have to uh, to look at things from a different perspective. And in the process of explaining it, you, you learn something new. And that's, that's very interesting, actually. It's a very interesting process. Yeah. You know, we are, we are weird machines, I think. Like, most of the time, I'm not joking, we are not aware of 80% that is going on. Like, we think we have, like, everything under control, and, like, 80% is, like, totally automated, you know? And then you look at, the, uh, at it from different perspective, and you're like, oh, wow. That's, that, that, can be, that can be seen differently. I don't know why I didn't see it before. It,
0: it, it's, fa- it's really fascinating. Even when I've like, the way I understand some things or the way I learn some things and I explain it the same way and it makes no sense to somebody else. And I'm like, oh, now I have to think of another way to explain this thing that I already, that makes sense to me, you know? And, and, it's, and in, that, in, that, in that process, you kind of polish it and I was like, I think I understand it a little bit better this time just because you had to approach it, um, from a, from a different perspective. So yeah. Yeah. In that vein, I've, I've been think. I mean, pre, pre COVID 19, I was, uh, my plan was to go get my music education, my master's in music education. And, and, and I've, I've seen my, my college professors and like halfway through, I was like, I, I, I could do this, <laughs> you know? So it was, it started, uh, you know kind of that idea of of, uh, teaching in in college someday I think would be pretty cool and keep teaching privately and and obviously I I would want to do my my music at at some point um you know that's definitely something I've always wanted to do but um you know I feel like teaching would be a a kind of good mix to have in between you know writing gigging and teaching that's kind of
1: oh yeah and it's a good uh it's a good way to to you know get a stable salary as well
0: yeah it it doesn't hurt the situation to uh (laughs) to be able to pay the bills on that consistent basis
1: so you're planning on uh getting a master as well
0: Well, yeah well now i'm not i'm not so sure mainly because of uh i don't know what's going to happen with the educational system in like six months and i don't know if they're going to be hiring music teachers in high school or and later in college you know because that that's kind of the path i would have to or i i chose i would want to do kind of maybe teach high school for a little bit and see how that goes and um you know give it a chance because i i really don't know if i would like it or not so i want to give it a shot and
1: then uh, i think that especially in new york you need to have a master's degree if you want to teach in college
0: oh i would need to have a doc- i would need to keep going and probably have a doctorate on uh Mm. in music at that uh, yeah most of my college the younger college professors were in the doctoral program so that that would be master's definitely for for high school just in between but I, but i don't know i don't know what's going to happen i don't know it would i would find it really disappointing if i like put all that work into the master's program and at the end i like kind of struggle to find work in that vein i hear it's, you
1: you know and it's competitive it's uh you know it's really competitive.
0: A lot of musicians are trying to do the same thing. Um,
1: mm. you know, so, especially because it's stable. Like musicians' life is so unstable, and teaching in a college is like a nice, a nice, you know, standing point. Yeah. So. So that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't know. But you know the whole. Never mind. What Festus. is it? Got this. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was gonna say something that is too controversial. Like it's gonna. It's gonna take another hour if I open that subject. I wanna. No, but now I'm that. so intrigued. You can't. You do. You, you have do to that. invite me back. Uh, you have to invite me back in a year, and we'll see.
0: I I hate it. I hate it that, uh Now I'm so intrigued. But anyway, um. But yeah in, in in between I think I've really gotten into the, so the school that I work for uh
1: no I was going to say sorry uh-huh. I was going to say let's put it this, let's put it this way I feel like during the conversation I pointed too much at the financial part of things especially in New York and uh I don't want to sound like it's discouraging you know maybe people are listening maybe there's a young person who's watching the video and if he's like oh man they're saying that we shouldn't be doing that. No, that's not what I'm saying. The problem we are facing as musicians in general uh, is that in my opinion, our category has a really hard time coming together, together right, uh, straight. Um, You know, getting um, paid for what we do, for instance. Uh, getting streaming services to pay what it's right for the musicians. If you take some services, they pay less than uh, thousands of cents per, uh, less than a thousand of of a dollar per stream. So that, that, you know, I wish uh, well-known musicians like musicians that don't need to worry about the, the image that they project. had uh, the spirit to to communicate the the problems that the the musicians are facing in general, because I feel like people don't know uh, how weird things can be for musicians. Like, see, this is becoming, first of all, it's getting dark. (laughs) Like the, the, the subject is getting dark. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to give you the positive spin without, without no, making it sound. Just say, say
0: up. what, say what you gotta say, and then we'll take it. You know, you take it from there. But
1: um... this is the point: if me or you uh, go on a book, on a podcast, and say, you know, uh, people need to stop, uh, piracy needs to stop because it kills the music. Clubs need to start paying more. Uh, people need to be willing to spend some more money instead of like 10 bucks a month for unlimited streaming. Because musicians, uh, because musicians have a hard time uh, getting their fair, you know, their fair, pay, their fair payments for, for the work. If somebody like me or you say something like that, there will be people to be like, be like yeah, yeah, but because, you know, you should be better because you're not good enough. But the truth is that everybody goes through. There are famous musicians, like there are legends of music that died in poverty, and uh, it's a travesty that society allows something like that to happen. And I think it's it's something that musicians that are in the spotlight and nobody can question their their you know success level. that should point out uh, these problems. Like they should help the community of musicians somehow. That that's one, that's something I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, I think you <clears throat> do? You not think maybe those musicians that like made it, like financially and success, you know, successfully, they're they're successful. That they're maybe like so they're so disconnected now from if they were ever at that point to kind of like be like, hey, you should help those guys out, you know that. Uh, Maybe they're too they're too far apart from the the struggle, right? Like of just, uh, you know, sm- smaller time musicians.
1: Yeah, and the problem is that does that get to play? Does that get to play the gigs that don't pay? Uh, look like people, you know, it's uh, there are weird things that happen at some point. Like you get the guy who works at the bank pretty much in his life. Uh, touches his instrument once a week and then he gets the gig on Saturday night in the in the West Village because he can afford to play for free, right? And the musicians who tries like, you know, he practices every day, he went to college, he does all the work, he puts all the time in, he doesn't find the way to, to make it happen for him because the guy from the bank is playing. So... It's, it's, it's a complex, it's a complex situation. Like it all starts from, I think the inability of musicians to come together and try to enforce their rights. You know, Mm -hmm. musicians have a tendency to be, I don't want to say, how can you say that in a positive way, they are so focused on their own development that they forget that they belong to, to a larger group and that um, the success of the group translates into their own success. All other businesses, all other professionals have some kind of organization that protects their rights. You know, musicians have a hard time making that happen. There are a few, but they're not really strong and they're not very supported. you know. I don't know. It's a, it's a complex, it's a complex matter, but talking about it, I think it would be the first, would be the first step. And I don't see a lot of people talking about that. You know, there is this streaming services, I'm not, I'm not even going to mention it. It's, uh, it's, name, uh, it's named, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, there was this guy on Facebook and he was like, we need to sabotage the service because it's not paying anything guys, you know. And then I go to his personal page on his wall and like the next boss was him promoting his own stream on that service. And I'm like, come on, man. I mean let's get it together a little bit. Like let's let's work as a community and try to make a point, you know, instead of expecting things to happen. And when somebody like me, for instance, I'm pretty sure somebody's gonna comment, yeah, but you know. You Should be happy about me making music and whatever, yeah, of course I'm happy about being, but uh, somebody can be happy about being a lawyer and still you know be valued for his for for, for his work you know so whatever I know it's uh, it's a dark subject, I know it's uh, complicated
0: I don't think it's dark necessarily, I think it's just reality like it's uh, I think you know musicians are musicians, they love what they do but making money out of what you love I think that's it's a reality you know and getting paid for what you do I don't I don't it doesn't it doesn't sound dark to me it just sounds like uh you know that's that's the situation that's it's what it is you know like you said you brought up the lawyer they somebody loves being a lawyer they get paid for being a lawyer you know you're a musician you should get paid for being a musician I think yeah it it is largely more complicated i think you know because it's not like you just apply for your musician job you know after college and then you're kind (laughs) of good to go um but i you know and i'm of of the mind it's um i do agree that it's it's a little unfair but i think it's been unfair for i it's been unfair even since i think the record labels you know how many record labels screwed musicians out on, on contracts you know it's been happening for a long time and and i think it's I think the responsibility I, musicians have to take the, the responsibility of their careers into their own hand. You know, I think we're so focused on on the craft of making music and you have incredible musicians that um, don't know about marketing or business or content distribution or streaming. And yeah, it's, it's streaming in a way it's a problem. And I think in a way it's for musicians that wouldn't have gotten the chance to get the music out there for them to get the music out there. You know, um, yeah. it's, it's it, it it's a it has it's it's a, it has it's a problem that has a lot of sides, you
1: know. It does a lot um, of dimensions. That's for sure, and that's what makes it so so complicated. Like the first the, the the first thing you said is the maybe one of the key points. Like how do you define a musician? Who's a musician? You know, it's not like going to college makes you a musician. Uh, there could be this guy that grabs a guitar, he never studied with anybody else, and he's great and he deserves to be called a musician, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, but there is this message that, you know, travels through society that music is this commodity that comes for free and everybody enjoys. And the person who's making it is at the end of the chain of exploitation you know and um, it's kind of sad not because here's the thing the perspective that I'm giving it is not oh you know we should be making money it's more like you know if this keeps going on it's going to affect music in a way that is so damaging that eventually you're going to get only people that do music as a free time uh, as a spare time you know activity making music like, it's going to be so unrealistic at some point if it keeps going in this direction to be a musician as a professional that the whole quality of music is going to start going down. And that's the real shame, I think. That's the, the worry, in my opinion. There, was always, there will always be professional musicians, but the, the, the question is how many, how much... Uh, development are you gonna get? How much uh, art are we gonna be able to uh, listen to, you know? I mean, is it gonna just be fast food? Like music is gonna become just fast food or, or we can still like, you know, get something more out of it. It depends on the value we give it as society. And at this point in time, it seems to be that uh, direction is not really encouraging. So that's why I said mm-hmm. people who have a voice that right. is listened to by many people should start you know, talking about these issues. Like, you know, it's great that you don't have to pay a lot of money today to, to listen to music, but at the same time, keep in mind that it takes time and money to make this music. And if you're listening to, uh, all the time to free stuff, somebody, I mean, it, it has to come from somewhere. You know, it's like opening the tap Water comes out of it. That water has to come from somewhere, right. you know? Yep. If it doesn't rain, eventually the water is going to stop. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> cool.
0: Well, thank, thanks so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. It was fun. I hope it was decent, you know? I, it, it I think fun. it was
0: great. I think it was really good. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm happy with this one. For sure.
1: You know, I have a regret though. What's that? Not enough awkward moments.
0: (laughs) There's one more right there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Let's let's close it with an awkward pause.